0: There was no um, easy way to just give you a brief announcement, um, uh, but something you've been praying with me on, I would have tried to slide it in the message, so forgive me for not going straight to the message. But the church in Dixon called Restoration Church um, did confirm and ratify that they're going to close their church and reopen in a few months as, as Bethel um, Dixon, and I wanted to let you know that that actually did take place. Um, today i'll be having a meeting immediately after service in the connect class which is out the door to my left your right second classroom on the left we had over 40 people in the first service that that are either from the area or feel called to help rebirth that work we need all types of help Um, please come to the interest meeting um, right after um, church um, because we'll be going down on tomorrow to kind of meet the new family have a fellowship moment together, and, and lay out our plan as a church. And I want you to be involved on in day one. All of you are involved in in, in this plan. So, uh, I do, do want to say this because I think it's important. I, it was not my idea. It was God's idea. Um, Pastor Jim and Pastor Rice reminded me that about 18 months ago, the Lord said that it'll be a church added to us, and said multiple, but but specifically this was said, and so this was confirmed by our elders, and it's not just something we're doing. So um, it's going to need your prayers and your contributions and, and your work, so please come and meet me right after the service um, if you feel led to be a part of that in any way, and um, we'll, we'll get you going. All right, here we go. Um, I'll use you today, uh, James, as the object of part of the, the sermon. You'll love this. Um, when, when you are, um, without children, seven years, my wife and I had no children. And I remember exactly where I was standing when she, she told me, you know, she took the test and I was on the phone at work and she says, it's positive. We're pregnant. It's that moment you don't know whether to be excited or afraid. And so I just kind of sat in the middle of the street in a parking lot. You know, just sat down, just sit down, cause you might faint. It's overwhelming that moment where you get that news, if you know, whether you anticipate it or not, it could just be overwhelming. And when baby Jane was born, I was not an ordinary daddy. I had a little extra spirit on me. I didn't know I had an extra spirit on me, but I had an extra spirit on me because um, he was born And I had, uh, by the way, hold on, I got to set this up right. I want you to know that I wore, what I wore when he was born. I wore a velour jumpsuit. (laughs) With some orange on it, said boss. And I've worn that at every birth of every child because I wanted them to all feel special. They call it the birth suit. But I was there, and one of the things that happened, when I first saw baby James, I just couldn't stop looking at him. He was so cute, it was in his mind, and it was going on excessively to the degree that the mother who just had the, you know how weak the mother is, she's like, James, James, let other people hold the baby. Her mama was trying to get the baby. Cece came over. Jane, let the people over the baby. No, Cece. <laughs> uh, you had to, I had to shut her, her down. I know she got more Grammys than anybody, but so what? <laughs> this is my baby, Cece. <laughs> so, I got the baby, and I didn't even want to let her mama hold it. Something happens... In human connections, when a birth happens, the mother, the, the, the baby, and within the first few hours, begins to respond to touch and voice and that sense of security and that bond and that need of one another happens. And you see this immediate exchange of love that God thought was so necessary for all human beings to experience when they're born. It's powerful. It's real family. It's, it's, it's community. It's, it's, it's one of the deepest connections and most powerful, and most people describe it even as more powerful than maybe the connection they feel with their spouse. spouses. Sometimes you can feel a deeper connection even with your, your, your children, not to dismiss what you have for your spouse. It's just something unique. It's powerful. Makes you feel like you belong on day one. That's why it's almost unthinkable for someone, a child, to be born and to be neglected or abandoned in any way. It's unthinkable for them to be hurt or abused because to deny them of the moment that God actually constructed for them to have that familial connection is, 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 is 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 just wrong. You know how it is? When I was driving home from the hospital, I was mad at everybody who sped. Now, I sped getting there but then when the baby comes, you never speak. You don't want to speak. You're on speed. And you mad at everybody. Why are they going fast? They need to call, they call 911. They ain't gonna come in time. Come on. You know, it's you have an intensity to protect what you love. There, there's this commitment for someone that you just met that I will die for you. I will give up a lung if you need a lung or a kidney if you need a kidney or my time I will reduce my work hours in fact uh, you know what did I do that first child took paternity leave He ain't had a lot of brothers take paternity leave now you heard of maternity leave some of y'all that's a new concept paternity leave and some of y'all spouses mad at you not it was paternity leave and you didn't take it <laughs> they didn't know i took i saved up my time I took 3 months off I was messed up. Didn't let nobody change the diapers. You know, which would have seemed like no one wants to do that. But when you have that type of love and that familial thing, you just do stuff that would ordinarily gross you out. That's gross. Because let it be somebody else, baby, you got to change the diaper. I can't change that diaper. Poop don't feel the same. It ain't, it ain't right. They poop ain't right. Other people's babies poop ain't right. Your baby's poop. Oh, this is good poop poo You start doing little, you know, little, it was so good, you know. It don't even smell bad to you. The point is, is that every one God has arranged life where it's not good for man to be alone, and he's given every human being this experience of deep connectivity and family from the moment that you get onto this planet, and you are needed and you want it, and it's amazing. It's your gift. I want to talk about that today when it comes to the church context. I want to talk about what it's like, yes, in a natural family, but there's this other concept called spiritual family that equally has some potential to have deep feelings of love and, and trust and commitment and, 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 and this desire to do whatever it takes for one another. Because there's something special when you, you know your mama loves you. But when you find somebody else that love you like your mama love you, you say, man, that's some real love. Because your mother has no limits to what they'll do. Okay, so let's go to Acts chapter 2. We're going to read seven verses together, get a context for what God is doing as He's birthing a church, birthing a community of believers. We're going to discover what it looks like and what's the benefits of it when you get into that family, when you have it on your phone or in your Bible that Pastor Rice gave you from being a part of devoted to the Word. Say amen. Amen. Ready, online, get ready. Ready, read with, you know, clarity, diction, everything. Power, loud, ready, read. Praise God. Praise God. I mean, Jesus has died, risen from the dead, given them a, ma- a mandate in Matthew 28 to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe and to do everything that's written. That was last week's message. Now he's told them to go wait in Jerusalem to you be endued with power to do that. 120 believers get together and they begin to worship and pray together and hang together. And all the people from the diaspora, uh, Jews from different parts of the world begin to hear them speaking in their own language and they start getting cut to the heart after Peter preaches. And Peter said, Uh, They asked Peter, what do we need to do when we see all of this unity and all of this family and all of this love and all of this community and all of this presence of God showing up in a mighty mighty way? He said, you need to repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then the scripture we read said, they were added to the church that day, 3,000 souls. There is something powerfully infectious when the Lord shows up, His presence shows up on His people Sometimes, you know you, you, you know how you always wanted to be that service where heaven invades earth, where the atmosphere changes, where you know that God is erupting, where you know that the supernatural has been put on your natural circumstances, where all things are possible. And this is an environment that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ was birthed out. This, the, 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 the Bible says, uh, Nicodemus, he said, uh, uh, what, do, what do you have to do for eternal life? He said, you got to be born again. He said, do I enter into my mother's womb a second time? Uh, No, he said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. There is a spiritual birth, just like your natural birth, that connects you to family and community. And here we're talking about a spiritual birth. People who were dead in trespasses and sin, people who were on their way to hell have actually heard the good news of Jesus and been brought into the family of God. And once you get into the family of God, you get the precious opportunity to be in that safe place where you're nurtured, cared for, able to grow, having the physical presence of another person that is full of God's Spirit looking you in the eye, having intimacy and somebody walk with you, and, and talk with you, and be with you. How many people uh, with a three-day-old day baby will leave that baby alone somewhere? Mm, you won't do it. See, this church had just happened. These people were away from their homes, and they've just gotten born again, and they were nowhere to go, and somebody had to care for them. And this is the environment. So this is what authentic spiritual community looks like at its inception. If you have authentic spiritual community, you're going to have these four things. He said they were devoted, they were steadfast, they were affirmed, and they stood no matter what was up against them in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, which is communion, and prayer, these elements. Now, there's a lot of people have, out, out in this world right now has a lot to say about a lot of things. They, 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 they preach the doctrines of men. Sometimes they preach the doctrines of devils. But these men were preaching the doctrine of Christ because they knew Christ. They walked with Him. They, they, they ate with Him. They slept with Him. He was the person that they were explaining. He was, they were getting the explanation to the parables. Um, they had intimate relationship with, with Him. He was explaining the Old Testament Scriptures and how they all spoke about Him. They, he, he had the words to eternal life, and they were imparted to them, and they were able to give the words to eternal life. Peter was able to get up and preach inspired by the Holy Spirit um, because he had the Word deep down on the in, inside of him. We just came through a three days of being devoted to the Word. Dr. Rice Brooks has been taking us through, through the Bible and how, how to get the Bible in you because it's a lamp unto your feet. It's the guide unto your path. It's the foundation. It's the, 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 it's, the, it's the pillar. The church is the pillar that holds up the truth of what? God's Word. God's Word is powerful and it's important. And He has His apostles to do it. So, on one hand, we have the Word of God which is unadulterated, which cannot be tampered with it, with, which is powerful and, 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 and effective. And then you have the people who actually are parting it to others. You need to check your source. Not every podcast is one you should listen to. Not every person who's saying good things should be listened to. If the disciples would have followed just the Word, they would have been stuck in the Old Testament on an old revelation that had nothing to do with the New Covenant. They would have been stuck saying Christ didn't work, I need to bring my own social justice. I need to bring my own civil reform. I need to still be waiting on the Messiah. When you reject the apostles' doctrine, when you reject the Word of God and its true revelation, then you are open to false revelation. You've got to ask yourself, what do I feel about the Bible, the written word or the the logos with its intended meaning? If it's not coming from credible sources who have studied to show themselves approved, workmen that do not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, you don't need to trust it. And how do you know if you trust it? The Bible says that the difference between the Thessalonians and the Bereans is that the Bereans searched the Scriptures night and day to see if what Paul said was true or not. You've got to get into the Word. That's the privilege you have. This is what makes a faith community. This is one of the things that gives you security when you're born again into the the family of God. Now, I'm happy to have people like Pastor Rice who are apostles and and who, who we can follow their example. The Scripture gives us like Four level stages of examples we need to follow when it comes to the Word. First, God says, be imitators of me. Second, Jesus says, hey, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, third, Paul said, hey, follow me. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Then the Scripture goes and says, "Every everybody that you see living out the faith, imitate them. God uses people. I know that you might be thinking that just you and your prayer life and your own individual Bible study is enough, but it is not enough. That's right. That's right. They they were having community word time. Yes. Somebody that they can lean over into and compare notes and applicate. And oh, here's what I to say. So all of us are in life groups at our church. If you're not in a life group, it's not too late. Just, you know, go to Bethel slash lifegroups.com. Now, I don't even know if that's really a address, but it sounded right. And I just… <laughs> Felt like I should say it that way. But anyway, you, you know how to get connected if you want to. Okay. But in, the, in, the, in, our, in our discipleship here at the church, we have a warm-up we do. Then we teach the Word for a few minutes. Then we have an application time of that Word. And you need people in your life that after you hear the Word, help you automate or activate the Word of God in your life and do that practical way. I'm thankful for Dr. Rice Brooks, who gives us an example of what it looks like to be an evangelist or apostolic. He's gone into the world and he started global ministry. He's gone to the campuses and started campus ministry. He's gone to local churches like this one and started uh, local churches. He does the work of an evangelist and does the apologetic work. And, and, And then he has a life Uh, 36 years of of, of marriage that we can, a faithful marriage to his wife that you can model after. So, it's not just that he has the Word, he has the character, he has the life and the calling to go along with the Word that you can follow. That's what you need. So, be careful of every other voice, because what happens in the world is, there's somebody out there saying something your flesh wants to hear, But doesn't mean that that's what God needs you to hear and react to. The second thing with fellowship, everybody wants somebody to fellowship with. I know how important fellowship is because when I was young, growing up in Detroit, it was really tough out there. You had to have a group of people that you were down with and they were down with you because it was not advantageous to walk alone. Now, maybe you have never been in a situation where, where, where it's not okay to just walk out your house by yourself. You are in danger. Where I grew up, you were in danger if you walked out by yourself. And if you didn't have people fellowshipping with you, partnering with you, in it with you, saying no matter what happens, we're gonna stick together, you were in trouble. You were in trouble. I've been, the moments I can think about where I broke this principle and I was alone, I was vulnerable. When I was jumped in the alley and different things, didn't have people to help, uh, help me. But the Bible says two is better than one, for if one comes against him, he, can, he, he, he has two to, to withstand him. If, if he's cold, he has other people to help him be warm. We need one another, and we need to make an exchange. I'm for you, and you're for me, all for one, and one for all. That, that we're, we're together. A lot of times we want these relationships so desperately, but… We don't feel that we have them. We want somebody to look at us and say, I'm committed to you. When we show up present at church, what we're saying to one another is, I'm here for you. I know you, by showing up here today and online, I know, I know you're going to show up. It's time to show up. You, you need some, another human to look you in the eye and say, I'm here for you today. I'm, I'm yoked in with you today. And, 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 they, and they did the, break, uh, the breaking of bread. Now, I wish this Scripture meant... That means you can eat as much as you want, when you want, how often you want. And I have interpreted it that way because that fancied my flesh. And I have used that to gain many pounds and, and got, say God uh, approved of it. But that is not the correct interpretation of that word. In fact, he's talking about communion. And, 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 and when they were coming to the Lord's table on a regular basis, a daily basis, you can see that they were being reminded, number one, the bread represented the fact that Christ was actually there. His, his, his life really mattered. He really did what he said he would do. He was a very present help in the, in the time of trouble and that his blood really did wash away their sins and, and, and cleanse them from all iniquity and, and, all, and all guilt and all, and all shame. Isn't that powerful? But they were familiar with the gospel message by participating in the Lord's table, and each other's testimony and struggle. They added the gospel to it. One of the things you do when you come to the Lord's table is you examine yourself. In the body of Christ, you know you can't… I'm going to be clear, you can't have problem with someone in the church and not actually have a meeting with them and get it right. You can't… you can't do that. It's not going to be fun, It's not gonna be easy, but you have to look them in the eye and say, Hey, you heard me, I might have hurt you, you you misunderstood me, I misunderstood. But because we're honoring Christ Jesus, we're gonna have to walk this out. In your marriage, you gotta walk it out like that. We're gonna honor Jesus. In all your relationships cannot be disposable. Oh yeah. You don't like? Hey, do your thing. I do my thing. That's the world. It's not sure. and then prayer. They they had the hours of prayer. They weren't just praying. Remember, I think that sometimes when we think about prayer, we think about it too individualistically. But even the Lord's prayer teaches us that it's a communal thing. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be our name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. It's very communal. He's a very communal guy. He's building, building community and he wants to be in it. Now, if you actually are experiencing authentic community, you will have the word of the apostles in your life. You will have fellowship. You will have constant breaking of bread or communion and you will have prayer. And this is a combination. If you have something that's competing with all that in your life, and that is at a minority position in your life, I'm asking you already to adjust something in your life you are not set up for the ma- maximum redemptive potential to be realized. Now, And if you feel like it is a burden, then the Bible says, like Pastor Rice taught us in Devoted to the Word, you, you, you either love one and hate the other. You can't be devoted to both things. Yeah, there's some things you're going to have to give up. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to miss ball games. You're going to have to, uh, you know, tell people no, because um, you, you was with your spiritual family. It's amazing to me that that… People have come back. You 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 look at the basketball arena now during the playoff; it's full. But something has happened where people have become devoted to the worldly thing and no longer as devoted to the church. And I'm saying I know there's reasons to stay home, but the pandemic is it may not be over, but it's waning. It's enough where we need to band together. We got work to do. You got to come show up and be present. Anyway, but that'll be there. Now here's the benefits. The Scripture lists benefits. Let's look at uh, verse uh, 43. Look at his benefits. And all came on every soul. When you live like this, it makes people say, wow, whoa. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, through them, not by them. They're not initiating it. It is something God is doing through them. And I know that it is in human beings to think that that we we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the power may be of God and not of us. There's this thing out here in the world where instead of being in awe of God's power, we're in awe of human's power or individualistic power or really demonic power or, or mind power or soul power or what I can do. Uh, I built a, they, When they built the Tower of Babel, they said, we're going to build this and make our name great. I'm going to do this independent of God. So I'm going to tell you, there are powers out in the world. There are ways to get into supernatural things and to get earthly benefits by bypassing God, but that doesn't mean it's wise, and it doesn't mean it's right, and it doesn't mean it's not sin. You can use your gifts, and you can and you and you can engage a demonic perspective about it of how you can get where God only should put you by not engaging Him. That's demonic. I so told you I had this thing that since the, I read that book, The Secret, a oh, uh, long time ago, to just to know what was going on in the world. And the big thing about The Secret is you can use the power of positive thinking and, and uh, to just manifest what you want. Just say, I am good. I am good, I am, I am rich. I receive my blessing today, right now. I receive my blessing today right now, I receive my blessing today right now, I receive my blessing today right now, I am. I receive my blessing, don't you look at me like, you you don't look blessed, you got a hole in your shoe, don't tell me that, that, I'm manifesting right now what I want, I don't want you to stop me. You know, it's like, and so what happens is, you think it's in some type of formula or some type of rhythmic thing you say, and and if you repeat it long enough, if you repeat it with passion enough, if you just think positive thoughts enough, then you're going to get positive things. Now, I think you should be a positive person, but you don't have that power to manifest independent of what God wants to do in your life. Because if something show up, maybe it did not come from Him. The Bible says he must be preeminent in all things. He must be first place in all things. And anything you can't put Christ in front of is illegitimate. Don't trust it. It means it's a power that is false. This power of signs and wonders was something that they were doing in the name of Christ. Take up your bed and walk. In the name of Christ, uh, uh, they were being healed or set free or delivered. And that was miraculous. Why don't we try to use the name of Christ to see the power of God move? See, when you're in a place of God, you need the power of God and the people of God in, in, invoke that presence. You can't demand it, you can invoke it. In other words, you can create an environment where God is likely to show up. Yeah. But you can't make him show up. You can't control him. And whenever you want to get into the business of your prayer of controlling God, God, you better come down here I'm not going to worship you. You're wrong. You're in the manipulation. You're into control. You cannot control him. Why don't you show up for me? I'm going to pout. You can't do it. You cannot control Him. There is no power greater than Him. He has all authority. The one thing that we must do is submit to Him. And when you submit to Him, you look and you say, He's wonderful, Woo! He's powerful. I'm okay with the statement of He may not show up when you want Him, but He's always on time. I will go further and say He does not show up when you want Him but he is on time. He makes a practice of avoiding the time that I asked him to show up and showing up at some timetable that I don't even know. So, I need to stop thinking that I'm in control and surrender to his control so I can, I can have a real power. So, yes, Give your offering. Sow your seed. It's a principle. If you sow, you reap. But you can't determine when that tree is going to grow, how it's going to grow, when it's going to produce fruit. You can't get you just do the right thing because it's the right thing. And then you pray for the sick and then you count on God to heal them. You're not saying, well, I prayed. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know that I know that I know you heal. I know. No, I, I mean, have confidence, my God, yes. Have faith, my God, yes. But don't think you can control him or manipulate him or trick him into something. This is not what this is about. This is not hocus pocus. It's not fake power. We're not teaching you Christian hexes and Christian uh, omens and how to mix your Christian potions so you can do your Christian power. He is the power. He's the name. He's the only name, He's the only way, it's all all you got is Him, that's it. What what you doing, I'm appealing to His mercy, I'm appealing to His grace, I'm appealing to His favor. And nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. It's hard, I know that sounds easy, but it's hard. That's one of the benefits of the power of God, verse 44. Here's something else, it says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common, they were selling their possessions and belonging and distributing the proceeds to all and as many as had need. One of the reasons you gotta show up at church, gotta show up in your small group, gotta show up in Christian community, you have to because if you do not, how can you meet the needs of your brother how can you see them? So good. So good. And the Bible said when you see your brother in need, you're not supposed to say go be warm, be fed. Right, right. He said the love of God dwells in you. You just begin to say, I'll help you. Amen. I'll bless you. Amen. I'll love you. I don't know if you've ever had to be loved by the church as your only hope for love. I don't know if you had to be loved like that, where if they didn't give you a pair of shoes, you wouldn't have it. If they didn't deliver that mailbox to you, you weren't going to have one. I've been in those situations, and it's powerful. This church, you have participated over the years and sending millions millions of dollars all over the world to help people. I'm so grateful that that's what we do together, but that's what a family of believers do together. They advance the mission and the work. Of God. And here's the final outflow, verse 46. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. It started with a bunch of people hearing the good news and getting born into the kingdom of God. And then authentic community was just generated And this constant living for God, having the presence of God, doing the work of God ended up having them in favor versus conflict. A lot of times people hide their faith because there seems to be non-popular. Your faith might not be popular. It wasn't popular to be a born-again person there. But living out their faith gave them favor. You're not going to gain, gain the favor by being estranged from the house. You need to be in the house, actively participating in the house, and let the presence of God do a work in your life, having favor with not some people, all people. Those are people high, and those are people low, the people in power and the people out of power, the people in, in the church and outside. They were having favor with all people. What we do in this church family begins to permeate beyond our walls, and it causes other people to want to come in. How do I know? Because every day somebody was added to their house. So what did it, they did? They met house to house daily in the temple courts. Coming to the big meeting, you got to do it. You need it. He says, don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together as the manner, manner of some is. In other words, don't neglect, don't abandon the responsibility you have toward one another to be in yoke fellow relationship. He said, but that wasn't just here. There's people who are designed in this church to be in your home. You can't be best friends with everybody, but you need to pick up some people. He said, get with them. And in getting with them, you'll be fulfilling what it means to be authentic community person. And here's what happens. People get saved. People get born again. Stand to your feet. You must be born again. You must be born again. I, I believe that as we close today, that one of the reasons that God would give us this series about His presence and about being present in each other's lives. It's because we need to put an end to our separation. We need to actually declare to the enemy, it is your job to divide us, but we're going to stay united. Yes, yes. We need each other. Amen. We pray for you by your head. Close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we could be a united body of believers together. You would help us think as one, speak as one, act as one, love as one, get the same results that they had in their former time, the results of the power of God, everybody having different possessions and people being favored inside and outside of the house and being added to the church. Bless us in Jesus' name.